Last time on the Lords of Grantham podcast, we kicked off coverage of the English game. In the first episode, we find Arthur Kinyard and Fergus Sutter. Arthur Kinyard, he represents the football team of Eden, and they're rich, and they uh, they they do well for themselves. They they win at the cup often, and they're doing great. Fergus Sutter, Sutter, <laughs> he has been called into Darwin as a ringer to help improve their football team. The two teams, they play a couple games. We see that Fergus and Darwin, the underdogs, they, they have a chance to win, but they stand no chance against those those rich boys who rig the game and run it. And so they end up losing the second game, and now it's the offseason. And we're going to see where things pick up this week on the Lords of Grantham podcast. I'm sorry, Miss Jackson. And we're both still here. We're back. The Lords of Grantham are back. <laughs> Made another week, baby. <laughs> That's right. Deeper into April. I, I got my, my breathing mask over the, winter, the, the weekend, Dave, and uh, now I can go out into the public all I want and just <laughs> roll the dice. Yeah, get my... be, I'm, I'm still doing the bandana just because, I mean, there's not too, too much of a difference, but... I mean, that's what they say. <laughs> and, and, you know, suburbs are different than uh, the Manhattan. The center. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Granted, we are like a train ride apart, and it's not not that different regionally. But No, no. If you came to New York, you'd just see a, a green glow emanating from me. <laughs> and you know I just, I've just been living in it. <laughs> yeah, so... We're here though. We're still still kicking, still healthy and thriving. I mean, yeah. dude, we've had an outpouring of positive response That's for true. the That's English true. game. I I've been feeling a lot of um, uh, you know claps and just kudos and everything. I, I've been seeing on the Facebook, on Instagram, a lot of a lot of good uh, listener feedback. Really, really appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, I am logging into our Twitter because we just got a. Uh, a message from an individual. I will have the name in a minute. Well, while you're doing that, we got okay. Yeah, yeah, no, you go, you start. We got a message on Instagram from Maria Sill ninety seven, and she said, "You guys convinced me to give the English game a chance." And a note: According to the Downton Wiki, in eighteen seventy nine, Robert would be thirteen years old and studying in Eton, meaning that he could be one of the schoolboys wearing top hats and fancy suits. Oh no way! He's <laughs> one of the top hat boys. I mean, Robert, I mean, 13 years old. He wouldn't, he wouldn't be playing, I don't think. But, you know, he'd be spectating for sure. He, he, would, and, be, you know, he would be one of that gang tipping their hats to the, the <laughs> Darwin boys. To the when Darwin coming, boys? When, when they were coming in for that meeting and it's like, oh yeah, these boys will show you to your locker room, don't you know? Yes. Yes, yep. And the other detail we may not have noticed is that one of the ladies from the upstairs um, dinner, she's played by Katie Phillips, who's uh, Princess Mary from the Downton movie. You and know. did you get the one from our Facebook? What was that? Somebody sent us a message on Facebook, and I saw that this morning. Hold on. I am on. Oh, where is it? Oh, no. I don't know where. what happened to it. Um, <laughs> you de- you deleted the positivity? It was too no, much? No, I didn't, I didn't delete it, but I'm looking at our inbox on Facebook, and I can't quite find it. But 
I remember what it was. So I forget who sent this to us. If it's you, um, shoot us it, a line. Actually, hold on. Me. Let me see. Is this? Uh, yeah, no, it's not you. Um, oh, okay. Here we go. I think this is it. From Yolanda? No, no it's not. Uh, Jolanda? Um, have you guys know? Have you guys noticed Arthur? Arthur's buddy Francis is played by the same actor who's playing Princess Phil's. Uh, yes, that one. Buddy Mike. Just look at the picture. So. Mike, everyone, Prince Phil's buddy Mike, his boy Mike is in the show. His boy Mike, he he's Arthur's buddy Francis. So everyone has the boy Mike, but in this case, he's named Francis. Yeah. So everybody, you know, his your boy Mike is not always Mike, but he's always your boy Mike. Right. <laughs> that 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 exactly. Yeah. So. so this one on Twitter. Let me let me read this. This is from Keju Pang. And mm-hmm. he sent us a message and said that he found his our podcast after uh, binging Downton in five days. Good God. <laughs> and he said he loved it and it makes him want to re- rewatch it. Keep in mind, this, this young man is from Singapore. Wow. Okay. So, I mean, well, they speak English in Singapore. Uh, yeah, but I, I mean, look, who would have thought that we would reach that far out? I got a few friends in Singapore. That doesn't surprise me. Oh, sorry. But I'm just trying to, to stay humble, and you're just saying, oh, yeah, you know, Singapore is nothing, nothing new I to us. I got friends all over the world. But, I mean, he watched it in five days, and he said he may be watching it again. Was he trying to break his goal of five days? Just <laughs> straight <laughs> shot? All right, dude, go for it. Shoot the moon. Well, I mean, we could re- make recommendations for what to watch next. Maybe The Crown Season 1, and then slowly but surely work his way through English Game. And then he'll yeah. be... He'll be a Lords of Grantham fellow, as we are the fellows, fellows, <laughs> aka exactly. That that's that's the game plan is to convert everyone into being part of our the part of this fellowship. Yeah, we're the the fellows ship. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, and so the the Highclere Castle Gin they had their live stream last Friday, Dave. Uh, that's true. You, we were both there. Or were you were you watching? I was watching. Uh, I was li- I was manning the Lords of Grantham official account. Yeah, you, you were you're commenting on there. Uh, yeah, <laughs> shouting out their their butler Louis to make sure he got noticed. Yeah, and every time somebody, I was watching the comments because the comments were basically like, "Hey, I'm checking in from New Jersey," or "Hey, I'm checking in from from Maine." Mostly places in like America. Every, every single person announced where they were from when they entered the so, room. I don't. <laughs> every time someone said Connecticut, I I liked it, and it was <laughs> nice. quite a few. Yeah. Uh, did they you had, happen to watch um, episode two of High Clear Castle Gin's YouTube series? I have not. No, it's good. It's it's uh, speaking of it's a, it's the butler Louis making cocktails. Oh, I gotta check that out. It's pretty Lu- good. Louis the man. Yeah, Louis Louis our boy. Slid, uh, slid in his DMs. Yeah, but that 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 live stream went well. They had five thousand viewers uh, upwards, and it was just them telling stories. They didn't, they didn't really get to the Q and A because I think there was a technical technical hiccup on their end. But they're doing another live stream. <laughs> yeah, that's right, and and. It was one of those things that I was watching it and I was like, man, this is a, this is what it is. And then yeah. it got to the point where they're like, oh, let's turn the camera so you can see what room we're in. And it's like, oh my God, that's the library from Downton. Like, that's real. I mean, yeah, it exists. Yeah. Like the way that they hold the camera, you don't recognize it. You're like, oh, this is just another um, room in their fancy mansion. And then when they turn the camera, you're like, oh no, this is, this is for real, for real. This is what yeah. we're talking about. Yeah. Now, did you see was- that room when you went on a tour? Yeah, they show they show us the whole house, man. Okay, <laughs> they showed the the bathroom. They showed they showed everything. Uh, um, what did they say? There's no heat in in the castle. There was some. It's a cold place, or or a, maybe a warm place too. What do you think? They put wall unit ACs in there. Yeah, I think they they may have renovated it. I, I can't remember, but uh, 
uh, did you see one of, the, one of the comments was someone saying like me and my daughter dressed up to watch uh, watch this live stream and, and it's like man you guys are him? intense that uh, yeah i don't know who it's like they can't see you and I'm like i mean i admire people's passion but you got just kick it down a notch i mean i guess this, hey, this people, quarantine you know, we're all stuck inside we gotta, <laughs> yeah we got time people, to kill i mean we're stuck in very s- real people do you, i i feel like yeah. that is uh, they they feel like the descendants of, of more of a matthew crawley than a mary crawley yeah very humble yeah well i mean yeah. as humble as they can be and and you know right. big shout out to our friends at Highclere castle gin they <laughs> they tuned us into that and and they we, we heard they name dropped adam von gukin a couple times in that yeah they um did. our boy isn't that crazy to think we're like six degrees we're not even six degrees away from the queen of england <laughs> we're working our way up there uh no, happy I mean, like, belated birthday us. to the queen she's 94 yeah, speaking of which it goes us to Van Kuken, to the Carnarvons, to the Queen. We are less than six degrees from the Queen of England. Some would say too close for comfort, but you know, yeah, for, for <laughs> here us, we are. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, keep us away. <laughs> for us, like, uh, in shelter where we are, it's like, can't we get a little bit more of that, that, that drip down? Like, come hook us up, Queen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, they, they probably listen to a few of our crown episodes and they're like, nope, <laughs> cut them out. <laughs> keep talking about my husband's butt. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So on that note, English game. We're we're on episode two of season one, or, or series. I don't even know if this is a se- there's going to be seasons or what, but episode two of this series. That's true. That's true. And and much and unlike Downton Abbey season two, fellows let lets us know that some time has passed. <laughs> yeah. So it's clear to us uh, that it is six months later after the first episode. Hmm. Still not entirely clear what they're up to these entire six months. Um, we find out that it's made clear that Fergus and Jimmy are working at the mill. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess they show them milling around at the mill and stuff. We don't see them doing the hard labor. But, yeah, I mean, what else have they, have they been doing with really their time? We only see a couple people doing hard labor. It's just a couple of, like, uh, establishing shots. We're not shown, like, can you be a better mill worker than somebody else? I really don't know how a mill works. I mean, if you're plowing the land and getting that cotton, maybe. Yeah, but are you like better at the machines than somebody else, or is it like the machines do the work and you just kind of make sure the machines don't break? It's probably exception-based management, where whoever has the most mess-ups, they, they hold it against the person, you know, in a year. Mm-hmm. So you as think as like, keep... Fergus is screwing everything up? <laughs> yeah, all the I machines I could definitely see Jimmy down. Love screwing everything up. The guy it looks like a doof. Um, yeah, so yeah, they're working, and we also see that Arthur... Uh, they had the miscarriage and his relationship with his wife is a little strained at the moment. That's true. That's true. And we see that he's part of this committee to, how would you see it, to handle this continued struggle in the mills. Mm-hmm. Uh, because uh, cotton industry is failing right now. Uh, the prices are low and these uh, mills just can't support the, the wages of, of these employees. And, uh, they're asking for loans that they won't be able to pay back. Mm-hmm. So what's a, a, an Arthur Kenyard to do? <laughs> well, his, is it his, his father wants to have it handled mm-hmm. and knowing the strain on his marriage and kind of knowing he's going near the Darwin football club. Arthur's like, I'll handle it. I'll go talk to these people. Yeah, yeah. He so the, the the only way to really remedy this thing is well, he doesn't. It's not really a remedy. It, like he takes it upon himself saying he should go up there to 
see the other side of the situation, get a better idea for what's going on up there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, I think for him, logically, it's a good excuse to get away from the wife because I feel like he probably feels some responsibility for what happened there. So he's kind of pushing himself away from her. Yeah, and and he's had six months with his uh, heelish behaviors, if you will. And I mean, although it seems seeing- like... It seems like he keeps disappearing, though, at least on her, or at least pushing her away, from what we hear. Yeah, that's very true. That's true. And she's not happy with it, but I seem, I think there's like a bit of a communication problem on both him and Margaret's end. Mm-hmm. They're not effective as they once were. No. There's no communication. But before he leaves, he gets a visit. <laughs> yes. He gets from a visit from... Mr. Stokes. He's stoking the fires over there. Uh, he came all the way down from Darwin uh, to pitch his own idea for, for business uh, to Arthur specifically. Um, he wants to open a store that would, f- or not open a store, he wants to create jerseys out of the, the over the oversupply of cotton that they have, you know, mm-hmm. shirt, shirts that they can wear. Um, Arthur is skeptical at first, but he's impressed that this guy made it all the way from Darwin to come see him specifically. That you know, there's like certain gumption there. That yeah, that's the in. one thing is is he definitely is a silver spoon man, mm-hmm. but he seems a little bit more ground. He seems more grounded than like half the Downton Abbey characters. I guess, yeah. I mean, he more he, sympathetic he, anyway. Right. He he recognizes you know people pulling themselves up for, by their bootstraps and stuff. He 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 gets it. Uh, he's more of the Matthew Vane, uh, I'd say Arthur is. Yeah, and it's funny that this is what? How many, 50 years before Downton? 30 years, 40 years before Downton? This is 18... 35, 35. So it's a generation before Downton, and these yeah. people are accepting in a weird way that you wouldn't assume they would be. You'd think they'd I mean, be a little bit more... I mean, some he is. I, I mean, they don't paint him that way in the first episode. I think this episode is him coming to that understanding of him trying to... Because I think the whole situation with his wife and stuff and his the dawning on him of him trying to be a better father, I think that kind of dovetails with him trying to understand other people's, you know... Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes, I, I, I agree with that. Yeah. So he, he he's on his way there to becoming a better person. Um, but following this meeting, old Walsh has to go back and tell the people... Well, well, I mean, is he going to accept Stokes' offer? Is he is he going to stoke it? Arthur? Yeah. That's TBD. We'll get there. Well, no. What his dad tells him is, is it's going to be a shame when you have to tell him no. like Or no, like let him down lightly when you tell him <laughs> no. That's a, that's, that's a mean old man. I don't like Arthur's dad. He's a bad father, clearly. Yeah, it seems and like a Arthur bad doesn't person. like his dad either. No. He, he's, he's bad at being a father and bad at being a person. <laughs> I mean, he's good so, enough at being a person. You got that money. That doesn't mean anything. What What does money get you? What yeah, What that man has. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I guess so. I guess so. T- tell that to the people of Darwin. Because <laughs> yeah, it is tell hard. Them, tell them what, what, what money gets you when you lose 10% of your wage. I mean, so last episode, we kind of scoffed at the fact that these people had to lose 5% of their wage. Six months later, they're already staring down losing 10% more yeah, so of their wages. Oof. So, and then that's ten percent of the already down five percent. So that's not fifteen percent total. That's like more. With with your five percent and this ten percent, that equals an eighteen to twenty <laughs> percent decrease. 
But then when you add in a 5%, maybe you get closer somewhere to where you were before. I don't know, man. There's a lot of math there. Yeah. Um, so but, anyway. Yeah, hey, we, but, but Fergus is a genetic freak, and he's not normal. <laughs> no, no. Uh, man. So anyways, what Fergus has been up to this whole time, before we even get to the mill, we, we see what they've been up to for the past six months since Fergus has been strategizing. He's been taking the off season to really think about how can we beat these people? And he sees that, you know, they're bigger, they're stronger than faster than us, but he's got a strategy in mind. He, he, he knows, you know, before he was a facilitator, he'll kick the ball around and they'll kind of keep them off guard, but he has an idea for how to arrange the people on field and how to train with the ball while it's wet and while it's dry. <laughs> that seems like, I hope you did a little bit more with six months. I mean, I, He's working I think, at the mill. I mean, he's got he's he's manning the yeah. machines. Yeah, he's working full days, but clearly the man has a plan uh, to 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 win this to to win the cup again. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's nice to see that that forward progress. Like, okay, so they're gonna they're gonna change it up. It ain't gonna be a repeat of last year. And it's very unconventional what he's suggesting. What does he want to add somebody else to the the offensive line or and yeah, six. He wants to make it six people instead of five, and that's that's not common. But he knows a thing or two about playing. Now, when he does the analogy with the the ball and he puts it in the water, mm-hmm. I was like, what is this supposed to represent? And then Walsh is like, a wet ball is heavier. And it's like, ah, exactly. <laughs> and it's like, it's, huh? It's very He's literal. using these same like, napkins as people, and then he does um, one to represent the ball. If I was Walsh, I'd be like, so we're wet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you could just as easily tell him, like, the ball gets wet and it gets heavier, <laughs> but they need to make it. It's the same image. <laughs> yeah, they just need to make it a little bit more visually dynamic, I guess. Yeah, um, yeah, that's that Julian style. Understand what you're doing. Right. So while Ferguson has his mind on the game, Jimmy is playing the game uh, with with Doris. Yep, with lunch lady Doris. Yeah, redheaded Doris, and they're smitten with each other. Things are things seem to be going well. Yeah, uh, Fergus is like. I'm. This is my room now. <laughs> yeah, you go do your thing, Jimmy. Um, and it's fun. And then they have a good, nice, you know, character beat where uh, Jimmy's like, "Why do you keep saying like I'm smitten with her or like into her?" And he, uh, Ferguson says, "Well, your voice gets high and reedy." And he's like, "No, it doesn't." And like, he, <laughs> the, the, like I just thought of Julian's smile as he wrote that line. Oh yeah. Yeah, he he, he he patted himself on the back, especially with the actor's performance of going for that, that reedy tenor. Now, did you notice that Fergus's, the the density and thickness of his mustache changes? It's from scene to scene? Now, maybe it's just a trick of the light, but I feel like some scenes his mustache is real, mm. and then others, like sometimes sometimes he's really got that, like, Geraldo Rivera, and then sometimes he, uh, maybe, it seems a little thinner. Maybe it's a trick of the light. I, I'm not it staring too close... Be, yeah, the sun hits it in a different kind of way. Yeah, I'm not staring too closely at his mustache because this guy has, like, the most, like, deer-in-headlight eyes. <laughs> like, every time you see him, he's just looking so intensely like he's just seen a murder or something. Uh, yeah. It, it's always this intense, blank stare. Um, but, yeah, so Walsh has to go to the committee, and they're proposing 10% cuts. This, this Jackson guy, the, the head of the, the council, he's like, 10% again, guys. We, we just can't do it. What is Walsh's counter, Dave? Walsh doesn't. He, I believe he doesn't. He say another five, and then th- things. Will yeah, keep he going? says f- instead of ten, make make it five. My people can't afford more than that. 
But then they they strong arm him. They say, look, dude, you got you got 175 people. We got all these people. You can't go making these calls. Yeah. And everyone slowly raises their hands. <laughs> and Arthur senses that this ain't right. There's something off here. <laughs> this ain't gonna go over well. Mm-hmm. It won't. It, it doesn't. <laughs> and then they have this meeting with like the mill workers because they go on strike. Right. There already, there's already a rumor spreading where they say like, I hear it's going to be another 10% and they're like, it better not be a 10% or else we're going to, we're going to wreak some havoc. And, uh, sorry. It, it is. <laughs> it, yeah, this it's guy 10%. Smalley comes in mm-hmm. and he's like the, the front man for this whole thing. He wants, he wants things that, that, to change. Yeah. And they want to unionize. That, that's what their idea is. Like, you know, how do we stick up for ourselves? We got to band together. I mean, sure, I'll believe it when I see it. If that works, <laughs> yeah, so they all go after they're striking. Mm-hmm. They they're go not- to meet with like this board of directors, which includes Arthur. Mm-hmm. And what's the other guy's name? Um, Jackson. Is that the Colonel? Uh, it's not Colonel, but it's uh. It is Colonel Jackson. Richard. It is Colonel. Oh, yeah, yep, it Colonel, is the Colonel. Colonel Jackson. Yeah. And the Darwin guys can't keep it together. No, they're 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 getting heated. They they, they literally said, "If you want you want us to mob, you're going to see a mob. We're going to riot." <laughs> um, I mean, I can't help it because Jackson is literally laughing in their face too. Like he's like, "Yeah, well, listen to what you have to say. It's not going to change anything." Hmm. But is it Walsh that that presents the idea that like if you give them the certain cut? and cut the days, the demand will then slowly go up. And they're like, no. Yeah, like they're Don't using... Like, so. Yeah, he, he's understanding their reasoning. Like, okay, so if there's less supply, then the prices for cotton will go up and then the industry will balance out. But otherwise, they're oversupplying a saturated market and it's just not... <laughs> it's just not going to be good. Yeah, exactly. And... Yeah, I was looking at... Because, you know, they talk so much about these prices and everything. I was trying to look up a lot of research on this time. And... You know, cotton, I think, is driven... A lot of it was driven by wars and producing, you know, fatigues for, for army people and stuff like that. And it looked like the UK was... Around that time, you know, had a, they were in like involved in three different wars at that time. Um, mm-hmm. But a lot, of the, a lot of cotton was also coming over from America because they were no longer in the Civil War. So they could mass produce and some of that was going over there. So I think that was also impacting the pricing there. So it was just... Uh, and there was also, in general... A, um, a bit of a depression going on anyways in terms of uh, market stuff. So yeah, a lot of low prices for, for these, co- for this cotton. Yeah. But I mean, this Jackson guy, you know, he says to them, their stomachs will be empty long before our pockets. And he like to, c- cackles as his cart rolls away. What a jerk. <laughs> I mean, really healing it up to the rafters there. Oh, you don't say Julian fellows antagonist is extreme. Yeah. Oh, man. And, yeah, everyone is really kind of involved in, the, in this mob. And, you know, let's set the scene a little bit. Uh, let's let's run it back. Uh, Arthur, he goes up to stay with his friend Monkey, who, who is not an orangutan. <laughs> no, he's, he's uh, in the band Corn. <laughs> yeah, it's the drummer from the, the bassist from the band Corn, the Monkey. Um, <laughs> so he goes stays with his, his uh, simian friend. And uh, the guy has thick mutton chops. I don't know if you noticed that. He had really thick oh, you know, yeah. sideburns. Mon- monkey, monkey Hornby is his name. <laughs> he <laughs> he earns like Star the Star Wars character. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and he's, he's going to stay there. And then, you know, after a conversation, 
Martha has with her mother where she tells her uh, instead of if he's running away, you need to run faster to get after him. She surprise drops in on the monkey uh, place. <laughs> she goes to the zoo. <laughs> she goes to the zoo, exactly. And how does Arthur respond, Dave? He's like, oh, dude, I got to go to a meeting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got to go. Daddy's got to go to work. Um, and so he, he's out of there. And she's just like, I'm just pushing him away. I, I got to be the problem. And he's in no rush to go back home. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, Ferguson, he's talking Fergus, to... Fergus, it's just Fergus. Is it just Fergus? Yeah, it's Fer- Fergus Sutter, I believe. They also yeah, call Fergus him... Fergus Sutter. Fer- yeah, they also call... Yeah, that's right. I'm sorry, I keep calling him Fergus. Fergus. Do you know what has happened? Fergus Sutter. Episode- Fergus Sutter. Is- well, Jimmy this episode calls him Fergie, and I just keep thinking of our, our friend Connor, who's been on the podcast, Connor Ferguson, and you know he's been known to be going by Fergie at, at some times. So, so it's... Uh, I'm just mixing the two, but yeah, Fergus, Fergie, what have you. Ferg. Ferg. <laughs> yeah, Fergie, Ferg. Uh, he's been talking to that blonde gal. Uh, what's her name? Uh, she is, is it Martha? Isn't that, wait, isn't that the Arthur's wife? Or is that Margaret? Arthur is Margaret. It's Margaret. Mar- yeah, it's Martha. Okay. So Martha is the blonde one that he's been talking to. And they, you know, they seem to be getting along fine. We see that she actually has a day job. She's a maid. She doesn't just sing songs at night. Is she a maid at at Monkey's place? Was that where we see her working? No, I think she's just, oh, maybe. I'm not, I can't remember. She's, but she is a maid. Uh, That was a good little twist because, and also very progressive because who is it in Downton? It's Ethel that has the baby out of wedlock and she's cast away from society whereas we don't know Mar- Martha's whole story but she's a maid in a in a house which is yeah you know, oh it, questionable yeah. she doesn't she doesn't uh yeah she has she has a kid and uh she, so she goes on a walk with Fergus and Blackburn this other mill owner rides with the mustache. by a, what's that the mustache guy yeah, with a mustache. Another mustache guy rides by in the carriage, and they lock eyes. And she all of a sudden just can't be with Fergus. She just can't. She's like, I, I need to go do my thing. I'm sorry. Yeah, because they know. They know Fergus is a real deal. Yeah. And what do we find out later? Uh, I think she's related to the, the, the leader of the whole mob scene, right? Doesn't, she say, that's, doesn't she say that's her brother? Or, um, or maybe not. Maybe I'm just imagining so what that. Is, Smalley. Uh, I'm not. Yeah, Smalley. Yeah, yeah, I didn't quite get that, but may, maybe. Yeah. Well, it, we're, it's all building to a head, but the other thing that happens right before, uh, you know, some drama is Jimmy has uh, some business to take care of. <laughs> oh, it's business time for Jimmy. He's getting down on one knee. He's he's a he's, he's a buffoon. <laughs> he's he's coming in hot, man. He's coming in hot. Six months in, and he's he's ready to be an honest man with, with her with Doris. Yeah, but he leaves a, the ring on the table. It's a sweet scene, though. It's a sweet scene. It is a very proposing. sweet scene. Yeah, uh, J- Jimmy is is he fellas is trying to clean up for the Downton Abbey Jimmy by making this Jimmy like a lovable doof. Uh huh. He's the Alfred rather than the Jimmy, if we're right. talking Downton terms. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, he's trying. He's trying to be a, a a sweet guy, and he's tra- he's trying to get the the right moment with her. You know, there's banging at the door and stuff, and they but they do it though, and he kisses her. And then, as what happens with anyone when they propose their significant other, they get pulled into a riot. <laughs> they get pulled into a literal lynch mob. Yeah, he's like, they're like, you gotta come. And, and, you know, there's no time for marriage or proposals or anything. There's a lynch mob outside. 
you don't say. Yeah, we gotta you gotta handle this. Yeah, and Ferguson, he's like, I don't know about this. I don't, I don't want to be in this thing. He's talking to to Martha, and she's like, you don't understand. This is this is all Darwin is. We're we're a mill, and you know, there's there's a mill and a football club. Football club, that's it. So, uh, you know, there's the, Smalley is stumping. You know, he's giving a speech, and then he passes the ball. and He says, "You know how I need up here, Ferg, Ferg, Ferg." <laughs> and then you know, oh snap, <laughs> he goes up there, and he he doesn't want to be up there at all. He clearly does not want to speak or be a part of this thing. And and I, I didn't write any quotes down because I was so caught up in the moment. Mm-hmm. But he he makes the line where he's like, "Hey, maybe things will work out," and they're like. No, it's funny because he's like, I know you want us fight, yeah. I know you want a riot, yeah. But maybe you shouldn't. What? <laughs> <laughs> you hear, yeah, you hear the home improvement, uh, the Tim Allen, huh? <laughs> in the crowd, uh, and Kenyon's there, cameoing too. Yeah, no, Tim Allen's there, and yeah, there, there's more cameos in this episode, and uh. Yeah, Arthur is watching this. He he decides to sneak out and participate in this whole thing because he wants to see what's going on with him. Foolish idea on his part. <laughs> well, I don't know, quite foolish because Walsh tells him to to be part of the the to stand with the workers. Right, but he's not telling them to stand where they have pitchforks and freaking flames and everything. Yeah, Get the, out of there. The dummy of uh, of the colonel. Yeah, Jackson. Yeah. So, what's their what's their plan, Dave? They're gonna go kill the guy, or set it. They're gonna on go fire. kill all the rich people. That's their plan. They want to kill all the rich people, um, including probably Arthur and also uh, Jackson. So he hightails it and goes hiding. Um, yeah, but who helps out? Well, Ar- yeah, because Arthur shows up at this protest and then tries to get away. Right. But knowing that he's not going to get away, he sends old Stokes to go tell Jackson. Well, well, so he goes to hide. And it's so funny. So he hides in an alleyway, and then you hear the mob passing by, and they're like, let's go check down this alleyway. So they go down it, and they only walk like two steps in, and they're like, nothing's here, and they turn around, and they barely walk in that alleyway I mean, Darwin's not full of geniuses. I think we've established that. Clearly. No, no. And somehow, even though they show like uh, Arthur running for 30 seconds, but he can't outrun Stokes. Stokes just shows up like, hey, <laughs> brother, <laughs> I know what you're running from. Come with me, and you'll be safe. <laughs> Turns into it, it is it moves fast this episode. It really does. Uh it, yeah, it gets through a lot of plot. Um so yeah, they take Arthur in, the Stokes take him in. Uh and they're just going to hide out for a little bit. They they just want to, you know, have him lie low. They don't want to see anyone, anyone die. Fergie is just kind of hanging back like I don't know about this guy. <laughs> I, I'm you go do your thing. The mob goes off they go attack Shrek's house, actually. That's another cameo in this episode. <laughs> they actually don't want the ogre in their town. Um, it's crazy. I, I didn't see that coming. Uh, but there's, they're also going to go to the Colonel Jackson's house. That's, the, that's their other destination. Yeah, they're saying, and, they, they see uh, his wife and they say, we're sorry, Miss Jackson. But we <laughs> are for real. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Never meant to make your daughter cry. I apologize a million times. Your daughter does is in this episode and she does cry. Uh <laughs> Because they, they do do some work, but yeah, Stokes, uh, he's like, t- he tells Arthur, yeah, they're coming from Jackson, and Arthur's like, I gotta do something, and he's like, I got this. Let me stoke it. Uh, yeah, I know what's up. Stokes is, is here to play. <laughs> yeah. He gets his uh, female dog. Uh, we know she's a girl. He says it, so he's like, 
Let's go, bitch. Let's go. <laughs> okay. <laughs> then they are going. Use of the word. It is appropriate use, and they they rush there. He gets there before the mob. Stokes is a fast man. He rides uh, the dog. Yeah, they need to like add him to the 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 football the, the football crew because well, he was in the he, football crew. Okay, well he's a he fast tells man. Arthur, he's like I played you last year in the quarterfinals, and so yes, he is. Yeah, so he gets to the house and he he tells his dog stay, and he busts into the Jacksons. He tells him you got to get. He's like, I'm sorry. <laughs> I apologize a million times. <laughs> yeah. But I am for real. They 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 doubt him, and then he's they see the mob out there, and he's like, "I am for real." Uh, sorry, Miss Jackson. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, they say that to the wife, who who doesn't even have any the words in this episode. <laughs> yeah, the dog says that. so. So the wife doesn't even have any words. She just nods at her husband. She's just shaking her head when she sees the mob coming, and then they just get in the carriage and they're getting out of there while the getting's good. And. Stokes walks out of the house. The mob that's approaching doesn't say anything about him. <laughs> they just let it happen. And uh, they burn it down. <laughs> yeah. They were straight up going to kill this dude because they're wages. And they burn that mannequin and, that looks like him, that's dressed like him, with yeah. the noose around his neck. Like, they came to play. <laughs> right. This is not a game. <laughs> this is not an English game. This is real life. Um Smalley does it. They they burn the house down, and uh, Stokes gets away, but not before the coppers show up. Mm-hmm. And what do the coppers do, Dave? <laughs> they take out his dog. <laughs> what? Like what? It reminded me of that Chappelle sketch where um, it's like white people uh, if they're like arrested in Law and Order. <laughs> And they're like, shut your dog up, and they shoot the dog in the sketch. <laughs> Except here, it's not played for last. They just strip, shoot the dog. Um, did, what did you think of this, Dave? What did you think of them shooting this dog? It, it was like a blink and you miss it moment. I was like, whoa, the dog. Yeah. <laughs> and the thing is, they make such a, a, a strong point that the mill is Darwin. So these police people, they know who everyone is. It's a small town. They know they Stokes. They know who the dog is. <laughs> yeah, of course they know who the He's dog is. proud of his dog. Yeah. So either these people didn't like the dog in the first place, or these cops are just dog murderers. That's got to be the case. Yeah, there's probably no, um, there's no law against murdering a, a dog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, he they, said, she said, with a dead animal. Right. Because they have to know Stokes personally. And they just don't even... They don't even blink. They just shoot the dog. They even do the the hard cut of the camera showing the gun firing. It's just a hand in the gun, and then the dog. Burp. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so no one dies that night except for <laughs> Stokes' dog. But and what happens next? Yeah, what happens next? They all wind up getting. They're all like wrangled up. Yeah, I, I well, I mean, do we really see them wrangled up so much as they're in the courthouse the next day? Yeah, like they're all collectively in the courthouse. Yeah, there's no like actual like mass like arrest or anything like that. It's just like we okay, you come with us. They're there the next day. And um, we find out that that Stokes is the one who's taking all the the brunt of the blame. He they call him the ringleader. Uh and Arthur knows this can't stand. He's got to go do something about it. Yes. Well, we don't really know what he's going to do. Mm-hmm. But he goes to Walsh. He's like, I need your help. We need to do something about this. And so Walsh and 
uh, Arthur, they, they show up at the courthouse and they're going to do something about it. Fergie and them are not there. They've kind of been adamant the whole time. We're not dealing with this. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've also been shamed into having higher wages than everyone. That carried on from last week. Yes, true. And so they're just not there. So Stokes, he's just on his own. And they're about to convict him. They're they're like Jackson here says jail. He, yeah, Jackson says you burst into his house and shouted at them. And Stokes is like, but they, the officers killed my dog. He's he's like, I, t- I was trying to do the good thing, my my dude. Yeah, and you guys just killed my dog for no reason. You know who I am. You see me in the neighborhood. I played on this sports team that you all seem to care so much about. You know me. Uh, I was walking my dog down the street. Yes. <laughs> yeah, you shot my other dog last week. Uh, <laughs> but what does Arthur do? He does. He, he. What does Arthur do, Dave? Arthur stands up and he says, "You know, this dude is my business partner." We're yeah. In jerseys. Yeah, and he, I really think that someone of my clout should be able to tell you when this sentence is up, and I vouch for this guy. Yeah, and, and, and I will. We, we see anyone, Margaret is in the in the room. I mean, that's you know, classic, convenient character placement. Classic Julian booking of she has no idea where he, uh, Arthur could be, and where else could he be but a courthouse where the day after a riot. <laughs> Yeah, so she shows up with Monkey, and that's that's just classic Julian booking booking of like, how do we connect these dots here? I mean, um, they were in the house that that was burned. No, they weren't. The Arthur and I oh, mean, yeah, they're um, not in Monkey. Colonel Jackson is not Monkey. So. No, no, monkey, he doesn't live in the Monkey, the, the zoo. No, it's not the zoo. Julian, uh, come up with the Monkey's a terrible monkey. That's a great name. I I, I stand by. It. I stand. I'm, I am a Monkey fan. Uh, so, anyways. Uh, he he lays down the law and says, "I will not give a loan to Jackson unless you you know pardon this man and also say thank you, and also kiss his shoes, and kiss his hand, and say you're sorry, say you're kiss sorry, his butt, Mr. Jackson, kiss his butt." <laughs> and so he, Jackson kisses his butt in front of everyone. Yeah, we find out we find out that Jackson is kind of a a, a small fish in this money pond because Arthur just tells him what to do. Yeah, same time, I mean. Jackson is a horrible person, no, no doubt about it. But this man also had his home burned down the night before and lost all of his possessions and everything. That's that's rough, man. That's a rough going. He'll be fine. They got a dog in his name. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, they still got their dog. They got money. But you literally see they have a tiny daughter who's like two or three years old crying about this. Didn't mean to make sympathy. the daughter cry. I don't have sympathy for for Jackson. I'm sorry. I feel sorry for the wife and daughter, but uh. Yeah, but if we, you know, Julian established that he is a dirty heel who's laughing at the misfortune of the poor people. Yeah. So, you know, they get they get away with this, I guess. So. And then, meanwhile, we see, uh, we didn't talk about the fact that the after the strike happened, the boys didn't show up to soccer practice in their khakis and button-down shirts. Yeah, they're, they're just not showing up. They just, you know, they don't understand that the mill is more important than, than f- football, but... You know. It's game time to to, fa- yeah. to return to where we are. And much like the last episode, we find that Darwin might not be able to play with a full roster, and they're going to forfeit. They're going to lose the whole season. Well, well, last time it was Eaton who didn't have the full roster. Now it may yeah, be yeah, Darwin. Yeah. So, but, it, it, you know, it's that storytelling that, that Julian is so oh so good at. Yeah. And, and, and Walsh is pretty direct. He's like, guys, you who are not playing, if you want, want to, you know – it's important because like the people are actually moving to watch the game and they're so confused. It's like, why do people want to watch this game? Mm-hmm. And 
And is, is it Fer, Fergus or Walsh that goes to the team and they're Walsh. like, when, when it's like, yeah, but we, you might not be on strike next week, but you'll forfeit the whole season if you don't go play today. Right. And so he says, I'll give you back 5% of your wages. And yeah, that, get, he, he, he's breaking off from the, the gang. He's going to have to pay more for Cotton. Yep. But he's doing it for the boys. Now, Dave, do some Scott Steiner math. What What is the percentage decrease of their wages at this point? S- seven and a half <laughs> total? <laughs> Something like that. Well, let me do some of the math. Yeah, because it would be 5% is already gone. So if you take, so yeah. Another fi- <laughs> if you take their 5% and take away another 5%, so, ninety-five. This isn't what our listeners are here for. <laughs> so, so okay. So, if you take away five percent, they're at ninety-five percent. If you take away ten percent of that, nine point five percent, they're at eighty-five point five percent. You restore that five percent, they're now at ninety point five percent of their original salary. <laughs> okay. uh, not too bad. Not too bad. Uh, so yeah, there's some weird irony here though that they go back to to playing the game. They leave Smalley there, who's not on the team. So it's kind of the kettle calling or calling the kettle black there, where the teapot calling the kettle black, where they get their five percent back. They're fine with their money after calling out Fergie for being paid more than the rest of the people. Yet Smalley and other people probably aren't getting paid more. So like as soon as Tommy mm-hmm. gets paid more money, he's like, you know what? It's fine by me. <laughs> it's like, oh, come on, man. <laughs> You can't call out Fergie and then be like automatic, like okay, sure, I'm I'm cool with that. Well, he just did it. He just did it, yeah. And Smalley's just kind of sitting on his hands there, like, oh, well, I, all right, I guess I'm just out of money. Sol. But uh, we don't get any soccer action or football action this game uh, because I was kind of, I was kind of excited about that because I loved the the it felt like the end of the. Um, What's the the Force Awakens where it's like you get the tease like oh we're going it's football time baby yeah yeah no it's, it, it's Jedi time and I hope the next episode doesn't cut off with the game is I want to see the game six months later <laughs> right exactly uh, but before that end of the episode though uh, Fergie has a conversation with Blackburn the other man with the mustache who owns a mill he's recruiting he wants to come play for him yeah now is he recruiting because he actually wants Fergus or is he recruiting because he's trying to get Fergus caught for taking money to play. No, I think yeah. he's. I think he's being genuine, trying to get that fur. I think he re- recognizes, like, I know you're not here, here to actually do mill work. You're here to play the game. So if you're actually here to play the game, why don't you get paid for it? And you know, whereas Walsh is paying you a few pounds, I can give you a hundred pounds, brother, and your mill wages. Why would you say no to that? He's a loyal man. He's a man of loyalty. He almost walked away last last six months ago, but I guess there's a lot. You know, there's a there's something going to, on with Fergie because. He gets a letter from his sister in this episode, mm-hmm. and he deludes the, you know, he says there's, you know, it's not in there. He says to Jimmy, "There's something that's not in there," but we don't know what that is exactly. Yeah, so clearly money is uh, not an issue, or if it is, yeah. it's not that much of an issue. Pride is more of an issue for Ferg, right? And I, I can, I don't want to spoil things, but I let, want me to fantasy book how the rest of this plays out with Blackburn because I think I can already see how this goes. Sure, it did. Roll, tell Fergie's, Fergie's going to become romantically involved with that blonde woman. It's going to happen. They they already have eyes for each other. It's mm-hmm. going to come out that the father of her child is Blackburn. He 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 left her, and that's why she's a single mother. He he knocked her up. He Maybe was, he used to work for her. Right. She and it used was to work a Robert for Jane situation. Right. So it wasn't supposed to happen. And so what happens is 
now, you know, you build up into probably the last episode where Fergie is, you know, not only battling for the pride of Darwin, for the pride of his girlfriend, but it's to defeat this guy who got is the father of this child of his girlfriend. It's that's what's going to happen. I I it's so obvious to me. Custody on a pole. What's that? Custody on a pole match. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. There's there's contract papers to to be the father of this child uh, that they're going to play for. But I think by and large that is the episode. There's a lot in this episode. It's crammed in there. Yeah, it's funny because we just finished watching The Crown, which was like a full solid hour. Nothing going and, on in those episodes. Half and time. This, <laughs> this was 47 minutes, and it was dense, and it was a lot of characters getting a lot of things across. Good episode, I think. Yeah, this is. I am all in on this show. I think it really got across. Like they actually don't need football to make a compelling episode of TV. They, these mm-hmm. characters are strong enough and interesting enough that we, it stands on its own. Yeah, and this is episode two. So like, fellows, fellows has done one episode, and now we're here at the dance, and we care about these characters after forty-five minutes. Yeah. Now, so my good. only, yeah, my only real question though about this episode, the thing that doesn't make sense to me is, okay, so Stokes is cleared of his name. He, he's fine. He gets off the hook. Someone has to take the fall for burning down this house. And it, these people we see are not, you know, the Smalley is outside after that courthouse scene and everything. So someone has to be, be found guilty of burning mm-hmm. down Jackson's house. It doesn't just, just get – they don't let that slide. He's a colonel. Well, they did. I don't think so. <laughs> I think that's just – I guess we'll find they, out next episode. Or no, I think it may just also be lazy writing where it's like, you know what, Small Stokes didn't do it, nothing happens. Let them all get away well, with it. Well, it's mob rules. The cops didn't catch anybody, so unless they can positively ID, who knows? I, I mean, but I, I, by that same token, how can they have all this, these people in the courthouse? And like, there's like an old old lady there who was part of the riot that they <laughs> apprehended to who's, who's in there. Like, I, I don't know, man. <laughs> it, seems, it, seems a little, it seems a little weird that they just kind of gloss over like, oh, no one's going to take the fall? Okay, great. You're all cleared. Okay. Yeah, that's what happened. <laughs> that, that's that Julian book, and I love it. All right. Is there, is there any uh, quotes from this episode? Nothing that we didn't cover. I know Walsh says, these people don't work at my mill. They are my mill. <laughs> I, I like that he's, he stands up for them so hard, and then he goes to tell the mill workers, and they turn on him like it's all his fault. Yeah, and there's a good scene of uh, drumming up sympathy for him where he's talking to Ferguson where he's like, I can't just fold up the mill and everything. I, I, you have to understand I came from nothing also. I understand you know what their plight is. Like You have to understand where I'm coming from, mm-hmm. which did a long way of uh, you know illustrating who he is. Also, not as strong a tan this episode. Last episode, he had a very strong tan. Not quite as much later, as this. You know, he's been inside That's a true. lot, working at yeah. his desk. That, that is fair. That is fair. Uh they aren't loyal to work. Um, we will not be blackmailed. We will not give in to mob rule. If you if you want a mob, we'll show you. <laughs> we try. They, go at, they go at it. Yeah, but yeah, lads, let's get down here. Okay. Okay. I, th- I think that they shot my do- <laughs> they shot my dog. <laughs> <laughs> I shot my dog. Oh, uh, uh, Stokes. Yeah. Okay. Well, well, let's get to the. Um, let's get to the, the the rankings. Okay. Who do you got on number three going down? Uh, I got Stokes' dog. 
That's fair. It's, it's, it's dead, man. Barely knew. <laughs> well, who's yours, Dave? <laughs> I got Walsh going down because he did the right thing, but he's going to take a hit and he's alienating himself from this union that he is uh, involved in. He's going to have to pay a primo on that cotton. That is fair. That is fair. Number two, I got I got Jackson. He got his house burned down. That's true. <laughs> I got him too. Yeah, it's not it's not and a good he's week. A bad for him. bad boy. He's a bad boy. He's a bad man for sure. Number one going down. I got mill wages. They they fell I got, another. I got the mill workers as well. Oh no, I got the wages itself. They oh, fell ten percent. Just the wages. They keep falling drastically at this rate. I, got the, I don't know. The people of the mill because they they think the mob mentality is not good. Like they're they're going to suffer because of this. I have a feeling. Yeah, it's going to come back around. The struggle is not over. Oh, it's going to be something where, you know, because of their actions, the FA is just going to try and ban all of Darwin because there's just a bunch of lunatics there or something like that. Yeah, we'll see. In episode three, maybe. We'll see, yeah. They're all locked up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the whole town. Uh, but who's moving up for you, Dave? Number three, I have Arthur. Okay. Because we see, you know, he's struggling, and him and his wife have a heart-to-heart, and they're really starting to come to that point where they need to start working on their relationship. And this act of goodness that he does partnering with Stokes and sort of bailing him out of potential trouble shows his humility. And it shows, you see his wife is like, Oh, he's a human because we saw last week the way that he was kind of bullying Fergus on the field or the pitch. Mm -hmm. She was like, "Uh, he's, he's a bad boy. But here we see, she goes, Oh, he's a good boy. So good on Arthur. <laughs> yeah, good good for him. Uh, I got Jimmy at number three. He's a he's an engaged man. He, he got on one knee, did the deed, he did what he had to. Okay. He's no longer rooming with Fergie. He's got his own room. <laughs> well, not him. really. Not really. Yeah. Who's number uh, two, number, Dave? Number two, I got Stokes. I got Stokes too. You know, rest in paradise to his dog. Rest, but, yeah, different strokes, man. He's 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 going upstream, man. Yeah, and he, he's found a niche, and I think that's a representative of what we're going to start seeing a lot of in this world. Is I, We'd better niche. see his shop before the end of the, the season. I, I want to see what this clothing shop looks like. Yeah, yeah, well, a jersey store. It'll be, it, I, or yeah, yeah, I have faith. Yeah. Well, who's number one for you, Dave? I got Jimmy at number one. Oh, God, you get out of here, man. <laughs> a, all he does he, is propose. That's all you got to do in a Julian Fellow show. But then he gets pulled into a riot. <laughs> like two seconds touched, later. And he's still getting paid to play soccer, football. It's true. It's true. He, he's got the best of everyone. I, I I went with Arthur. I think he, he showed a lot of character development this episode. You know, he, he, he stood up. He, he had a lot. Of, he put a lot on the line by sticking up for Stokes. I think it's important. Good for his character. Yeah, good. I, I do. Like I said, I liked Arthur too. Not yeah. as much as you, but. Well, I like Jimmy too, and not as much as you. <laughs> yeah, we just flip, flip, flopped. Yeah, exactly. The Stokes in the middle <laughs> at his dog funeral. Yeah, we were we were close to yeah. There was a there was a close to almost being a very similar rankings there. Yeah, but, aside from the, you having a dead dog. Yep, but the show is continuing its momentum. I'm, I remain excited about another episode. That's true. I me too. I'm a big fan. Fellows fellows has hooked us in with his uh his Stokes. ways. Yeah. He knows what he's up to. But uh, until then, what else? Is, is there anything else to catch people up on, Dave? Not not to my knowledge. I think that's pretty much all we have going. Any good TV out there? Um, Let me think. What did I, I, what did I, I'm just I'm trying to watch that run on HBO. I'm having a tough time. 
It's not a good show, I don't think. I, I don't know. The reviews are okay, but if you want to watch some other Phoebe Waller-Bridge stuff, watch first season Killer, like Killing Eve or uh, her other show, the one that's all popular that she wrote and features herself. <laughs> that escapes my brain. Fleabag. Fleabag. Watch that. It's great. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, I haven't seen <laughs> that's that That's a good one. one. It's only 12 episodes. And that's all there's ever going to be. Oh, fun. Yeah. What about you? Anything good in the Better docket? Call Saul, man. Better Call Saul just <laughs> finished its uh, fifth season and it continues to be gets better and better it is i i confidently say it's better than breaking bad i wow that's <laughs> i'm i yeah. finished i stopped like two episodes into season four so i have quite a bit oh what we do in the shadows is back oh that's great that's a good show it's a good show i it was a good show and then i like the movie a lot better than this series for sure but the, i uh, these first two episodes of the season were phenomenal they're good yeah i enjoyed them that's and yeah, there's so that, there's also a uh, beef house which i don't know for it, that i don't know if i recommend that to my to our listeners <laughs> it's good for us yeah so and we have our first uh we we didn't i don't know if we addressed it did we outright address that we have the first ever uh british born wwe champion of all time british born really you know uh yeah drew mcintyre scottish scottish wow uk well kudos to drew mcintyre i didn't know he was the first i thought triple h oh yeah hunter hurst helmsley (laughs) i guess not yeah greenwich blue blood oh okay sorry so, all right. Yeah, good good for him. So, some good vibes out there in the world. You know, if things are getting you down, hoping hoping we're here to help. <laughs> yeah, and, and send us your, your thoughts on, on not only feedback. how we're doing with the coverage, but how you're liking the show. Because this is, unlike Downton Abbey, we're not experts at the English game. We are, no. we are just like y'all, watching it yeah. for the first time. Give us a team to root for in, uh, in football. Who should who should be our our team that we oh, adopt? Oh yeah, that's a good idea. We, as someone yeah. that has never watched um, football or soccer, as we call it here, what's the? You haven't watched I know it I, at all. I mean, I had a, uh, one of my good friends in college was a Man U fan, and mm. that's really it. That's all I know. I've watched only some of the World Cup, you know, stuff. Oh yeah, well, I mean, World Cup is is cultural moment, but as far as just I mean, like this one's for Africa. football clubs, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Waka Waka, yeah. Waka Waka. <laughs> uh, so on that note. Instagram, Gmail, email us, lordsgrantham. lordsgrantham at, at gmail.com, Twitter, Facebook. And if you, if we, you know, if we did our math wrong, please correct our math. Yeah. But, and, and we'll post the link to what we were referring to on mm-hmm. our socials. Yeah. To, to all our freaks out there, we, we hope you appreciate it. Yeah. And stay uh, safe, stay healthy, you know, be cool, have fun, try to get through it because that's what we're all doing. Drink some gin. Yep. Smoke them all you got. Chin chin, as they say. Chin chin. All right. Till next time. On that note. Later.